All right, guys, welcome back. We are here with Pastor Vitaly Kissel from Russia, just an awesome man of God. We got to spend some time with his family. He was here preaching for the church, and um, he has a tremendous testimony. So I want to dive right into it. Why don't you tell everybody kind of a little sure. bit about yourself, sure. your background? Sure. Okay, hello, Stephen. Hello, everybody. It's really, you know, we're, we, we came all the way from Russia. You know, it's, I don't know, many thousand miles away from the United States <laughs> yeah. from here. And, you know, it's... Uh, if you look at the map, you know, it's the biggest country on earth. Even yeah. before that, Soviet Union was e even bigger. It had 16 time zones. I mean, just think about it. 16 time zones. Wow. United <laughs> States has five, you know, if you, you know, count <laughs> Alaska and Hawaii, you yeah. know. But then when the Soviet Union split into 15 countries, then uh, uh, there are, Russia is still the biggest. Right. 11 times they it was 13 they cut it to 11 because nobody lives in siberia in those kind of places but oh, yeah wow. we're yeah we're we're all, all the way from russia we're in the very south of russia right by the black sea it's called my cup city that's where i was born that's where we live that's where the church is where the work is where god doing is doing wonderful things right now but you know before that soviet union i'm sure all of you know the history that it was a very close to communism communist yeah. regime Atheism was the main agenda for over 70 years. Yeah, Just wow. think about that. Starting with the October Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917 until, you know, 1990 or something like that. Yeah. It was a very close nation. It was a communist, atheist, socialist nation. And kids from kindergarten to schools, universities, they were taught the main thing was that, that there is no God. Yeah. It was the main thing they talked that God does not exist. Atheism. And all the churches and all the Christians that were existing in Russia at that time, they became illegal. So the Soviet Union didn't, it wasn't like, hey, we're, we're socialists, because we're, USSR, United yes. Soviet yes. Socialist yes. Republic. Yes, Socialistic Republic. It, it wasn't like, hey, we're socialists, we're communists. Oh, and by the way, we happen to be atheists. No, no. It was like a key It was part a key, of, absolutely, okay. yes, sir. Yep, yep there was a key part. What happened is they looked at the Acts chapter 2 and 3, where everything was in common, shared with people, but they took the God out of there. So that ah. was their main thing. There is no God. That was the main thing. They had special people who were taught. They called, They were called the atheistic lectors, people who read, who just spoke. They invited them, especially for these purposes. They came and they spoke that there is no God. They proved it. They proved it. They proved it. <laughs> I mean, they were brainwashing people. I mean, brainwashing pretty much what they were young doing. Young kids. Young kids. I mean, everybody, young kids. Wow. They do it at colleges. At, they do it at workplaces where people worked at big factories, they would have special meetings and they just would proclaim that all the time. By the way, we have a person in our church. He was an atheist speaker, professor for all his life. What? He turned to the Lord at one of the youth camps. He's an older guy, but it was, it was, it was during the youth camp. He turned to the Lord and now he's a Christian. He's a wonderful man of God. <laughs> when he preaches, he preaches without a Bible because wow. he knew the Bible so well but there was no faith in it. But yeah. now, I mean, he's a great man of God. We, him and his wife, they do not have a car. So we drive them, we pick them up from every morning to bring them to church yeah. on Sundays and bring them back. So great people, great couple. So yeah, this is this was their, their main, main agenda. And the, if you are Christian during those times, yeah, my dad was a brilliant guy. I mean, he still is, he's a brilliant person. They didn't allow him to go to college. Because he was a Christian. Because he's a Christian. Because you're a Christian. So this, I mean, this was the persecution on every level. At, yeah. at a job, if you're a Christian, they will not give you many responsibilities because they thought Christians, we can trust them. Uh -huh. They would put people in prison for being Christians and they would call them the enemy of the people. 
of the people. You're enemy of the people just because you're a Christian. This is what my grandpa was sent to, you know, he was sentenced to many years in prison just for being an enemy of the people, being a Christian, being a preacher of the gospel. So just, so his crime was basically he was being preaching a the gospel. Absolutely, absolutely. He was preaching the gospel, that was his crime. And there were so many, and later on turned out all these Christians that were in prisons, and then they were not, they were not shut up in prisons, and they could speak. Yeah. And they were preaching the gospel in the prisons. In the prisons. In the prisons. And many prisoners, many, many. We have, by the way, we have a person in our church. He was in prison for committing crime. Yeah. And he turned turned to the Lord. He gave his heart to God because there was a Christian guy in that prison. Wow. So it's really, really pretty, pretty awesome. And of course, there were no Bibles when my grandpa, you know, they were taking him to jail because he was a Christian. Yeah. He had just one Bible and he was able to tear out some pages from the Bible and hide it in his socks and in his shoes. Sometimes he hid it in his mouth. So just they, they wouldn't take it from him. It was yeah. a treasure. Bible was a treasure. When he got out of prison and we were growing up and he always taught me, never make any notes in the Bible, it's a treasure. And I mean, you would look at his Bible, it looks like brand new. It's not because he was just so careful with it. Yeah. You know, you and me would make notes in the Bible. It's sure. common thing. But for him, it's like, no, this is the word of God. This is treasure for me. And, you know, people, uh, you know, him and, you know, like my dad and, and us, you know, we treasure Bible. It's, it's, it, it is a treasure. It is yeah. a treasure. And when, during these communist times, the people, the regular people were asking these professors, if there is no God, what are you fighting against? Right. If there is no God, what are you fighting? Yeah. So they knew that God exists. Yeah. But they just were fighting. But they were telling people, oh, no, there is no God. Right. Although, no, there is no God. We don't believe, you know, this is the theory of Darwinism, you know, and the evolution. It took place in Russia big time. This is what they caught. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it was the main thing. It was when I went to school, they made me learn it. I didn't, I didn't tell it to them, but they made me learn it. So just, just to know it. Yeah, now it's it's good to know your enemy, pretty much. <laughs> right, which were yeah. they're not our enemies, but it's good to know their point well, the of view. Yeah, the philosophy. The, the philosophy, I exactly. Yeah. To be able to show them what really says, what really is, what really really happened. The theory of creation. Yeah, which we believe it's not a theory. This is the truth. And by the way, when Samuel, my son, our oldest son, uh, when he was going to kindergarten, and he was telling with some, he was talking with some people about the creation theory and the evolution theory. He was preaching out openly in the kindergartens and he was Shh, you can't do it you can't talk about it even now yeah. i mean i'm talking about a couple years ago yeah he was going to kindergarten so the persecution it went away in a big way like you know nobody you know it, i shouldn't say nobody but people will not go to jail just for owning the bible right now okay but if you try to preach it out if you try to invite people to come to church nowadays uh. people can go to jail for that so they're, they loosened up on the individual, you got a Bible in your yes, house, you're not yes, going to take it to prison yes, for that. Yes, but if you were to if evangelize, you evangelize, that's a problem. You have uh, to obey tons of rules, and most of these rules are not, you can't meet all these regulations. They're made, they're made this way, so you wouldn't right. be able to meet them, right. so you won't be able to do that. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's different type of persecution. Like during those Soviet Union times, you know, I, I remember, you know, when we had only one Bible for our congregation. We were underground church. Yeah. We were not registered with the officials. We just had services in our home, my dad's house at that time, condo. Yeah. He, he owned. Then before that, it was a house. And then we would meet from, you know, group to group. You know, one thing that so really... mostly in homes. Mostly at homes. One thing that really amazed me, my wife Svetlana, she shared this with me, that 
it's and you know the KGB they were following these Christians all these times to be able to find where they are and to throw them in jails for that. Yeah. But you know, how do you get the Bibles? How do you get things like that? The musical instruments that to play. So what Christians did really amazed me. You know, they would have a garden, you know, cucumbers, tomatoes growing. Yeah. During the night, they would move all the dirt, all the plants, dig a hole, put all the Bibles and musical instruments in the ground, cover it with plastic, and put the flowers in the and the bushes back. So the KGB come looking for it. It's just garden. garden. Yeah. They check it. It's garden. Right. When it's Sunday, Saturday night, undig everything, take out the musical instruments, take out something, something they had. Yeah. Bibles, few song books, take it out, sing, use it, put it back, and put all the two cucumbers and tomatoes back just to be able to have some time of fellowship. Wow. Just to be able to read some God's word, just to be able to sing. You know, the worship was not as lively. It couldn't be. Oh, yeah. Because it had yeah. to be quiet. You know, it had to be very, very quiet because if somebody finds out, that's it. They're they're in trouble. And there are many, many testimonies how... The trouble as in, like, prison. Prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you're goodness. in trouble. You're in prison. Yes. The historians look back now. They say there has been over a million of Christians killed during those times. During times of, you know... Lenin oh, and Stalin. Oh, Lenin and Stalin and Khrushchev, then Brezhnev and all those guys. You know, I'm sure you remember that, how Khrushchev uh, was talking at, the, I think it was United Nations, I'm not sure 100%, but he was, and you know, he took off his shoes, hitting the pulpit, you know, like showing that Soviet Union is so strong, strong and powerful. And he made, he made a statement. Yeah. There are gonna be time in Soviet Union where we're gonna show you last Christian and we're gonna destroy him. It's gonna be the end of the Christian era in Soviet Union. Yeah. You look right now, Khrushchev is Lawn in the grave, but right. gospel is still being <laughs> preached, and the Christians people are being saved, and the, it's it's really amazing that, yeah. that that God can protect His people, and in He did protect it, and you know my grandpa, even though he did go to prison, he came out when Stalin died in 19, 1953, they let him out of prison, and he shared some stories with us that help us appreciate. We have little freedoms, we're thankful to God for it. Yeah, we don't take it for for granted. You know my Bible and the kids. You know, oh, we can read the Bible. It's 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 a precious time with the family together. We can get together, yeah. have some time of fellowship. You know, because at that time, there was nothing. You know, yeah. now now what the kids like to do do computer games. Right. And our kids still don't like it. It's daddy would better you know read them or, or, or do something. And wow. I, I I I remember my dad would tell us you know like people would wake up at two three o'clock in the morning, and they would walk for several miles. To a forest, not to a church, but they would walk to a cave and have some fellowship there. They would gather together. And and I'm telling you, God really moved during those times. God yeah. moved, people were being saved. It was all quiet. It was underground. Right. And during all these tens of years, you know, 70 plus years, people were praying, Lord send freedom. God sent freedom. My grandpa tells us during those difficult communist times. Even if the angel of the Lord would come and tell us that Soviet Union would be destroyed, we would not believe him because it was so strong and so powerful. Wow. Even if the angel of the Lord, we still would have doubts. Right. He said, you know, I mean, we would believe him because that's the angel of the Lord, but right. how can that happen? But look back at the history, how did Soviet Union split without even one shot? Yeah. It split, boom. I Even me personally, I don't know. I mean, I know Yeltsin was the first... Uh, was the first president of uh, uh, Russia right now. Mm -hmm. He was a good man. He was for freedoms, for 
uh, religious freedoms, and, and under his rule, Russia was open to many big evangelists, big name evangelists like Billy Graham and uh, Benny Hinn and uh, Jimmy Swaggart, and many, many, many came and they did big crusades. People were uh, coming to know the Lord, getting to know the Lord. They, they, were, they were getting Bibles. Oh, People okay. would stand in line. I have the pictures. People standing in line to get a free Bible. To get a Bible. And most of these Bibles were printed in the United States of America and brought to Russia. I remember uh, I talked to a few preachers, pastors from the United States. They would smuggle Bibles into Russia. Right. And, you know, if they get in trouble, if they, let, let me put it this way, if the, uh, if the customs find the Bibles, they're going to confiscate the Bibles, but they're not going to touch this because they're American citizens. American citizens. So nobody wants, you know, this, this, this. If it's a Russian citizen, oh, that's it, jail, that's <laughs> it, period. Right. No, no court, no nothing. Yeah. So we, they were able to bring some Bibles. We were very thankful to them, to God, for giving us some God's Word. So we were very, very thankful. And people were praying for all these years in home group meetings, in churches. People were just asking, Lord, where are you? It's like, you remember the people of Israel when they were in Egypt. They were like, Lord, did you forget us? They were slaves in Egypt for so many years. Same feeling was with the Christians in Soviet Union. They were like, Lord, did you forget us? Where are you? God, people are being killed. Yeah. Children are being killed. Why? Why this is happening to all these Christians? They were just in jail because they're Christians. Yeah. But you know, the good thing, just something that came to my mind right now, the people in jail, you know, like the leaders of the jail, the principal or whatever boss in the jail, they knew that you can trust Christians. They're not going to steal. They're going to be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, you can trust them because right. this is, they were following the Word of God because yeah. that's what the Bible tells us. You couldn't, you know, trust some kind of thief, yeah. you know. Yeah, some murderer that some came Some murderer, in, yeah. yes. <laughs> you, you know, you don't trust thief with money. You yeah. know what's going to happen. He's going to take it. Yeah. But you, could, you, you can trust Christians, and they took advantage of that. But it was not publicly, of course. It was only in those little specific places, little specific times. Yeah. So. And they would take, so they wouldn't, they would take, kids from parents and stuff would oh they? absolutely like if, absolutely if if they find out that this family is a christian and if they see communists said if you believe in god as an adult as a parent fine you believe it and you die like this don't spread it out to your kids oh wow if you're a christian fine believe your god you died you're dead done period but the kids we got the kids but the christian families were no 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 we're gonna teach our kids right we're gonna tell them what we know we're going to tell them our heart we're going to tell we're going to share our faith with them and yes it's happened many many times that the kids were taken away from the parents in a matter of fact we have a church member his name is gennady him and his family were taken away from their mommy wow. from their parents and they sent mommy to jail and they sent all these kids in different orphanages throughout Soviet Union. So they separated the kids. Separated the kids. So the kids are growing up. They didn't even know that they had. I mean, they re probably remember they had brother and sister somewhere. Yeah. But they couldn't fellowship. And then years later, their family was able to reunite. And now Gennady is a member of the church. Him and his wife, they have eight children. Beautiful family. And, you know, he was able to find his mother. He brought her in. He, she lived in his house, in their house for a long time. I remember her. I remember her. She was a church member, wow. great lady. You know, she was so faithful, so faithful. Even they said, we're going to let the children stay with you if you reject the name of Jesus Christ. She said, I believe my Lord with my whole heart. Wow. You can take them away, but what I put in their heart will live forever. And she <laughs> did. And that, the seeds of faith, 
I mean, they just grew. They just grew. And Gennady, yes, he went through a mess. He was, I mean, he was just a street guy, you oh know, on goodness. the streets at yeah. one point. But that seed that was planted a long time ago, it grew and it brings forth fruit. Today, he has a wonderful Christian, wonderful family, eight kids. They got married. They got kids and grandkids and serving God. Wow. Whole, you know, big, like, uh, anchor kind of you know of the of the church you know yeah. so it's they were with us from the very very beginning so we're, we're very thankful to god for that for, for their family wow and the thing that really when you when you look at i, I mean I obviously i didn't grow up in russia or anything i just know from like reading right, and sure, stuff like that sure. but, um you know the, the whole thing is the the people it's yeah. about the people Amen. it's about the you know, we, we were rising up. I mean, the Bolsheviks, it was, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're throwing off the, the czarist right. mentality. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's about the people. Mm -hmm. But then they'll come to the people and rip their kids away from exactly. them and put them in separate exactly. orphanages. Exactly. Exactly. It's unbelievable. It is. The it is. type of mentality they have. Right. Right. Yeah. And but you know, all in the name of the people. All the name. All for, for the good of the people. <laughs> but they were destroying their own country. Yeah. Destroying their own people. Yeah. And, you know, there have been a few cases when Russian Christians were able to escape from Russia. Yeah. I mean, to leave from Soviet Union, it was impossible. Yeah. It was impossible. I have heard my dad knows them, knew them. They passed away now. But they would swim, like, for several miles. Uh, there is, uh, in St. Petersburg, Russia, there is a country called Finland. Its, it's border mm -hmm. is Finland. And, I mean, you can swim across and you can be in Finland. And people tried to do that many, many times. People would try to escape to Turkey yeah. through the Black Sea. Across the Black Sea. Across the Black Sea just to get some freedom then to be able to get you to the United States. And there are quite a few families uh, here in the United States that escaped Soviet regime. They came to the United States for freedom and they are free. You know, they, yeah. they started churches, some are evangelists, pastors, preachers here. So yeah, that's, people try to do what they could yeah. to survive that mess. And thank God we did survive. I'm sure you know really well that the Soviet Union split. Yeah, it was early. It was what 91, 90, Yeah, when the Berlin Wall, mm -hmm. uh, Gorbachev, and who was from the United States? What was his name? Uh, Reagan. Reagan. Yep, Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev. They yeah. tear down the Berlin Wall that was separated east and west. Yeah, tear it down, and that's it. That's the end of the Cold War. Yeah, that's that's how they called it. But I mean, there was no real war. Just was you know. Yeah, weapons. You know, they were showing you know. Each of the countries try to get to the moon first, you know, yeah. in the space first. It was the mutually assured destruction. Exactly. We've, got, we've got nukes, you've got yes. nukes. Oh, yes, yes. We'll leave each other alone, otherwise exactly. we'll, we'll waste exactly. each other. And Russians would hide under the desks, you know, when the Americans are attacking. Right. Americans probably did the same. Oh, Russians are attacking, and right. now we're sitting here having fellowship. <laughs> so God God is doing great things. God deserves all the glory and praise. Wow. That is a, that is amazing. I, and that's from the, like, the early, like, Teens, yes. I mean, early nineteen hundreds yep. through into the until early through, yes early nineties. Mm -hmm. Man, that is just yes, did, sir. did the so I, I don't know this enough. Like I guess about like um, the the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. I know in like from history in Germany. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're a little bit different. So like Stalin and and those guys. Yes, they were openly yes we're atheists. Yes. We hate Christians. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> Hitler was much more of a politician. Yes, where he would. He clearly didn't like Christians. Every one of his guys around him, Himmler and all those guys, they, they all hated Christians. Right. But he would he would kind of politically, well, say things toward mm -hmm. the Christians. Mm -hmm. and, and they had like some churches, like even a state church and yes. stuff that, uh -huh. that they kind of controlled, right. but were 
were Christians. Well, Christians, yeah. Did Stalin have a similar thing, or did he just, nope, there's, I mean, we're just obliterating it. Or did he uh, have like a, well, there's a church, but everybody kind of knew. I think during the, actually, by the way, do you know that Stalin, he went to a seminary to be I'd a heard priest. I had heard that, He yes. wanted to be a priest, and something happened in his life. Yeah, clearly. That turned his way around from serving God to serving the enemy. Yeah, that is being against totally against Christians. Darwin, same thing though. Darwin, same thing. Darwin yes, originally sir. went yep. to seminary. seminary. He was going to be a, right. like a minister of the yes. gospel. Yes, sir. Yes, just, sir. Oh, man. Yep, just... yep. So Stalin, he, I not hundred percent sure they had. A, it's called the Orthodox Church. It's the main stream media church in Soviet Union. Even in Soviet Union, many Orthodox temples were still destroyed. They were still bombed. Mm -hmm. uh, not the temples, but the cathedrals. They were destroyed. Yeah. Actually, the main cathedral, Orthodox cathedral in in Moscow, is called Hram Christa Spasitele, the Cathedral of Christ the Savior. It's the biggest, the main one was destroyed, was bombed. Oh, they couldn't, okay. I mean, they used many bombs. It was so well built. They couldn't, but finally they did. Destroyed and it. then when the Yeltsin became a president, they were able to rebuild it. Wow. So like, you know, we're coming back. And yeah. he was, Yeltsin was for for freedoms. I'm not sure if he was Orthodox. I'm not really sure about that. Maybe, I don't know, but he was for freedoms. Uh -huh. So I would assume they had some kind of part of Orthodox Church controlled. Mm-hmm that actually sometimes was even spying on the people. Right. So they had something like that, just yeah. to, again, to control the people. It's all about the control. Right. When people have freedom, you can't control them. Right. But they were trying to take freedoms away and control their minds. Yeah. And they tried, but as we can see, it didn't work because God preserved his church all the time. And that's the that's the thing. I mean, you've probably heard, I mean, I don't know how big it is in, mm -hmm. in other countries, but, um, you know, eschatology, people... You know, ooh, the end of the world, Book yes. of Revelation, uh -huh. and people talk about, you know, the one world government and right. all this stuff. And it really, I mean, nothing can defeat Jesus Christ, nothing can no. defeat his church. No. There's 16 time zones. I don't think a lot of people know this. You you probably do because you're more, um, you're more in tune with history and stuff, but um, the... The Soviet Union wasn't like, oh, we've got our thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to leave other people alone. Oh, no. They called Americans and stuff imperialists. Mm -hmm. But the Soviet Union backed Mao in China. Yes. Who then backed Pol Pot in um, Cambodia. Exactly. They had stuff all over the world. They were going into Indonesia, yes. Malaysia. Oh, I mean, yes. They were spreading communism Laos, around the world. Laos was yes. a big. And I mean, now we, I'm sorry for interrupting no, you. No, no. I ahead. met some people here in the United States from Laos. They know how to speak Russian. Really? Because, I mean, Soviet Union is yes. powerful, so they were learning Russian in, yes. in Laos. I mean, where is it? You know, far, far, far away. Yeah. And, you know, they absolutely, like, look at Romania, Bulgaria, all these countries right. influenced Czechoslovakia. Yes. At that time, you know, when that split, you know, into so many countries now. Right. And then, then Czech, Czech Republic, all they were, all the Eastern Europe was influenced. It right. was not controlled 100%, but it, it was influenced by Soviet Union. Yeah. And, and they, I mean, Cuba. Oh, absolutely. Cuba. Oh, absolutely. And then, I mean, we know because we fought wars in Korea mm -hmm. and Vietnam, Vietnam. But a lot of people think Vietnam, you think the Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that the USSR absolutely. and communist China were back Already, in the Vietnamese. Yes. <laughs> Correct. They were there. So they were yeah. literally trying to take over the world. Yes, they were. And, even, and they were. even that, I mean, it could not stop. 
the church. It I mean, couldn't stop the church. I mean, all those guys are Stalin's dead. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> dead. dead. Everybody's dead. All these guys are dead. You the know, church is alive. Church is alive, but <laughs> you know, Lenin is still in that tomb, not the tomb, but whatever. You can come and look at the Kremlin. Right. Yeah. They're fighting over it. Should we take it out or should not? I mean, people come and look. I've never been there. I always wanted to. Yeah. But every time you go to Moscow, it's closed for renovation. Oh, I mean, okay. it closed for, you know, they cleaning his whatever slept from him. I don't know where to go into all I this did, gross. I did, so it's like it's like a sarcophagus. It or is sarcophagus. Yes, at you the can Kremlin? come at the Kremlin at the really? Red Square. Red Square. I didn't you can know come that. and look at the Lenin's body. It's like a little museum. Never been there. They during Soviet Union times, the Soviet Union government make sure that every student from schools, colleges, they had opportunity to come there. My dad has been there wow. from a school program. Yeah. It's a mandatory. You can't escape it. You can't say, I don't want to go. You have to. Yeah. So my dad has been there once just to look at the, what's left from yeah, the body. The body of it's Lenin. It's not even, you know, 10% of his body there anymore. It's just whatever, yeah. you know, all that mess. Yeah, which is, which is crazy because when you think about what he, I mean, what he did and what happened after, I don't know, again, uh, the history of it, there's so much there, mm -hmm. but I mean, there was him, then there was like Trotsky, right? Yes, and then Trotsky, yeah. And he and Stalin had a split. Yeah, of course, they did. Whoever they did. the winner is. <laughs> in every one of these things, I mean, you yes. look at Mao, and all, whoever yes. the winner is, yes. they accuse the other guy of being like oh, a absolutely. nationalist or a revisionist, oh, and then they kill him and all kill his Oh, yes, oh, yes. And like, <laughs> there, are, there has been different riots dur during Soviet Union, and I mean, in the government, not in the people, but in the government. Yeah. And they just were killed, destroyed. Whole families done and there's, wiped out. There's tens of millions of people oh, yes. that died under oh, this. Oh yes. So it's oh, almost yes. like, why? Why would we, even even like the Russian people, right now? Again, I say the people. Right. But even the government, you'd think they'd be like, well, we don't really want to be promoting this guy anymore because right. he right led to the death of death so many millions. people. You're right. But when you're when you're in that mindset of, we don't believe in yes. Christ. We don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I, I think you you know you lose you exactly. lose a lot of them. I mean exactly. they, they trusted the Christians exactly. in the prisons exactly because they realize these people are different. Honest, yes, they're different. That's right. That's it's right. it's a man. It's amazing. It is. It is. And you know, like these people, they were trying to change their minds. You yeah, know, they were trying to change their minds. That's why they did it from the kindergarten to the all these yeah. schools, university, college, job until the very end. They always want to control. Always education. want to control. Control the education. What yeah. comes into people's minds? Yeah, and you know Stalin. They and and, and all of these leaders. It started, and, and you know they were just controlling the people, controlling the people. At the very beginning, I think, when the Bolshevik Revolution took place in 1917, in October of 1917. Yeah, they offered it to the to the people as, okay, you guys are poor, gonna take it from the rich, give it to you. Yeah. So people were, oh wow. That sounds good to me. I didn't work for it. It's just going to be given to me. It always sounds good in the beginning. Absolutely. But guess what? There is no free cake. Yeah. It's it's not possible. So they took it from the poor. Yeah, they killed them all. You know, all the Tsar and, you know, all the Romanov family. Yeah. They killed them all. I, I, I think they say somebody was able to escape or something to the Western England or, or United States. I'm not sure. They killed them all. And then, in the like, okay, when that happened, they took the wealth from the wealthy but the poor became poor and became even poorer. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Like people, like on my side, on my wife's side, they're my grandpa, her grandpa, they were wealthier at that time. They had like three or five cows. So they consider wealthy. Mm -hmm. So what the communists did, they said, we're going to take all these cows away. What? You got to be, these are my cows. I, I, I grew, uh, I raised them in my barn. Yeah. They were born from my cow. 
and it's my calf. It's I mean, these are mine. Yeah. But they were people who refused to give away their things. They were thrown in gulags. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they had a thing. I'm not sure how to call this in English. It's kolkhoz. It's when everything is common. Everything is common. We all work for good for the. It does not work. It doesn't work this way. <laughs> it does. The head is in Russia. Oh, it's all belongs to the country. It all, all belongs to the me. All belongs to me. So people driving down the down down the highway. Uh, there are no big highways. There are in Moscow, but at that time there were no. Driving down the road, here is the corn growing cornfield. It would be it would be almost okay. The family stop the car or get out of the car, brake few. Take them. Oh, it's all. It belongs to the country. It's mine. Mm-hmm. It's stealing. It's not the way it should be. But yeah. they had this mentality in people's mindset. It's okay. There is no God. Nobody's watching. So it's all good then. Right. Yeah. So this is, you know, why even as I as I told you today, all the houses in Russia have a front fence, very tall, big, you know, six eight feet front fence yeah. made of made of strong metal or bricks or something like this. Here in America, almost nobody has a front fence. It's open, beautiful yard. Yeah. You know, sometimes they would, you know, do the gate on the back, you know, like a backyard so the kids wouldn't run away, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) mainly for these purposes and so the neighbor's dog wouldn't jump in. Yeah. But front of the the houses, they are mainly open just for the beauty. So this is kind of the differences, differences we kind of notice, you know, from traveling from from Russia to the United States. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, again, that, that just... I think we were talking a little bit earlier today about it. It, It's the difference. I mean, you grow up in this completely secular society Mm -hmm. and people have to have uh, stone walls in Mm -hmm. front of their doors to protect themselves. Right. Versus grow up in a society that is Judeo-Christian in Mm -hmm. its roots Mm -hmm. and it's wide open because most people, it wasn't because they're just smarter or more intellectual or more enlightened. It's because they've grown up in a society where those values we don't steal, mm-hmm. which came from Christianity. Exactly, from the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yes, Thou exactly. do not steal. That's exactly. right. Yes, sir. And it yes, just, sir. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to see how, like, the differences. And so traveling over here, like now, I, I, I was recently reading a book um, that uh, the, the author traveled around to the U.S. and also overseas, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were saying um, that, that they're concerned about some of the stuff going on in the U.S., mm-hmm. Because even though hopefully and, and you know possibly not, it would never turn into gulags. Right. Just because Correct. of the way our country is now. Right. Um, but they they say that the soft totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. So something like they they wouldn't kick in your church door with guns. Right. That's not going to look good on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but what they'll do is harsh regulation. They come in. Oh look light bulbs out church is shut down for yep. six months because you yep. broke a an ordinance like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, that they were saying and again these are people from the ussr from russia right. from uh czechoslovakia mm-hmm. back in the day sure. like that and these families are saying they're they're here in the u.s now but they right. see yes. what we call cancel culture mm-hmm. here it, you can't say stuff yeah you're really not supposed to even be thinking mm-hmm. these thoughts mm-hmm. They're starting to control, control and from yes. a, from from a little mm-hmm. kid up, sure. you know, oh, yeah. four and five year olds are learning about ridiculous things in school. It's oh, not yes. reading, writing, and arithmetic. No, it's all the you know, LGBTQ, and oh, I mean, yeah. hey, that's a reality. But why does a six year old need to be learning about exactly, that? exactly? <laughs> but they True. try to get the minds. those kids young, mm-hmm. and the more secular we're becoming, the worse crime is. the The worse people are, people mm-hmm. feel hopeless. Exactly. I think I think the, the even. Even the um, 
just the the, the society as as a whole. Right. If you're not a practicing Christian, just mm-hmm. holding to those Judeo-Christian values mm-hmm. is better. Mm-hmm. You don't have walls in front of your exactly. house because you can't trust anybody. Exactly. Exactly. That's like, man, in Russia, you cannot leave the car unlocked. Here, I myself, I've seen people they just close the door and just go. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what? That, that's okay. No, I mean, you know, nobody yeah. gonna, you know, I'm pretty much for the most part. I'm not, yeah. you know, going to the, you know, like the yeah, not every rough, part, not yeah. not every part of big cities and stuff like that. Yeah, me and my dad. I think it was our first or second trip to the United States. So we come we come here for about a month, visit a few churches, raise some funds for the ministry in Russia. And uh, we didn't have a car at that time, so we take a bus, Greyhound bus. And, you know, we would go, like, from uh, through Chicago, you know, we'd make a layover in Chicago, then go, like, to St. Paul or Memphis, something like that. Never going to forget that. We... Somebody was dropping us off at this bus station. So we got on the bus. We didn't have tickets. So they talked to the driver. When you get to the next station, you know, get them tickets. So they gave the money to the driver. It was a big Afro-American guy, you know, really like a good, good, good driver, you know, like just good bus driver. And uh, so they gave it all to him. So when we get to Chicago, he's like, okay, guys, I need to get you tickets. So can you hold my bag, please? So he gives us his bag. And I mean, my dad's like, I mean, there is money. There is all. I mean, so we are holding his bag <laughs> right. while he went to buy our tickets. So he comes back with tickets. Give them the tickets. We give him back. Back. Thank you, guys. God bless you. I'm like, what? Yeah. I was amazed. <laughs> in Russia, money, gone. Right. That's it. It's a big thing in Russia. Stealing people, whole gangs. They steal money. They cut purses. Me and my mom, our family, and our dad. Everybody once were saving. We're working whole summer, whole year getting ready for the new school year to buy some forms, uniforms, pencils, pens. So yeah. we, we worked really hard, saved some money for that. We, we went to the bigger city. Our city is small, 200,000 people, not really big. So went to the bigger city, buy, you know, tennis shoes, you know, some sport outfit, just for the whole school year. Yeah. So my mom has some money in her purse, in her bag. Well, I don't know what happened, but somebody cut the purse on the side oh, wow. and took all the money. We haven't seen these people. We went to police. Police is connected with them. I knew that 100%. They get the percentage from yeah. Uh, from so the they're thieves. paying off the they're cops. Paying so. off the cops. <laughs> we were so. I mean, we came, but we came back home without buying anything that year. Oh, we man. had to, you know, we, we didn't have a credit card, so we couldn't just put in a credit card. Okay, we'll pay it off later. No, if you don't have money, that's it. You don't. Have, so we wow. used the old last year's stuff, and we, you know, borrowed some pencils and pens from friends and stuff. So that's. It's different. It's different. And, you know, as I said this morning, America is a blessed country. It yes. is a blessed country. And because of its Extremely. foundations, because it's, its foundation, it was based on the Bible. It was based on the Word of God. Right. And that's why America, where it is right now, you know, it's, it's, a, it's truly a blessed nation. Me and my dad probably told you this story. When we first came to the United States, I was a teenager. I flew from Moscow to New York. I mean, I felt so, I shouldn't say proud of myself, but wow. On the airplane. I mean, you should have seen us dressed there. My dad, my dad, I will have pictures. We still laugh. He wore a sweater, like a long sweater, purple pants, pink socks, what? and the dress shoes. Nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, when they, they, and my dad just walking, you know, looking at airplanes, they call him, come additional security so they check him additionally it kind of looks weird you know so we came <laughs> to the united states first time flew then we flew from moscow to new york and then to get to moscow we took a train ride two-day train ride 
Oh, wow. Two days to get to Moscow. Then we flew from Moscow to New York, from New York to Atlanta, Georgia, from Georgia to Nashville. We got to Nashville first time in the United States. So excited, amazed. They put us up in a hotel room in Nashville, summertime. So, you know, when you get hot, what do you do? You open the window. I opened my windows. I even didn't know what is air conditioning. I mean, oh, I wow. was 22 years old, 22, 23 years old. I mean, yeah. I was grown up guy pretty much, and I didn't know what's air conditioning. Yeah. Somebody comes in, hey, why it's so warm in your room? Turn in the AC. I'm like, what? So they shut down the windows, turn in the AC. Wow, nice and cool, you know? So I looked, opened the drawer, you know, first time in the hotel. I don't remember the name of it. I think maybe it was, I don't know, sleep in or something, you know? So I looked in the drawer, and there was Bible. My dad looks at his, there is Bible placed by Gideons. I'm like, oh my goodness, my dad's telling me, son, let's collect all the Bibles, through, run down up all the stairs, get them all, we're gonna bring them to Russia. I'm like, dad, that's a great idea, but they're all in English, we're right? a little problem here, you know, it's not gonna make any any sense to Russian people. Right, so, oh my yeah. goodness. So what, what year was that when you first came to the US? I don't remember, do you remember when the September 11 took place? Yeah. When was it? Oh, one. So it was 02. Oh, wow, so the year right, after. Right after, right after, because I remember sitting at home, yeah. In my cup, and I saw that video, you know, and all that tragedy, tragedy, terrible tragedy yeah, that, that, that happened. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. You know, I mean, um, it's judge, the judgment is ready. The judgment yeah. for these people is ready. And I remember that. And the next year, we were able to come to the United States. It's, it was a miracle who we were able to get here at all, to get wow. a visa. It's a big, huge process, long process. And I was not married at that time. For me to get a visa, it's almost impossible. I was being not married, young, being a young, you know, so they would think I would just come and stay here, right. you know, move, whatever. But yeah, our purpose was we're coming for the conference. We're coming to raise some funds. We're coming to uh, preach in several churches. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was quite some time ago so in 2002 you're in your early 20s right and like air conditioning yes was a new concept it was a new concept Are i've you? never i'm like it's hot you open the windows open the right. window it was, it was even hotter outside you know <laughs> nashville very heavy humidity <laughs> nice and humid <laughs> nice yeah 100 yeah. you can step outside it's like 90 degrees we're all sweating in two seconds yeah open the window and it didn't work and didn't help so somebody's like, oh, you push the button. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's nice. And again, me. the difference between right, right. I mean, you, USSR, right. You know, this utopia of exactly. The people, exactly. Versus the principles of of what exactly <laughs> what Judeo Christian right. background gives Correct. you. Correct. It, that it's just amazing. And and like you were saying about the cornfield, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, yeah, but I bet you they didn't let people drive up to the Kremlin and just take stuff. Oh no. You know, oh which is, no. It was guarded. <laughs> Crazy guarded. Oh, absolutely. It's yes, like, sir. You take what you want. It's everybody owns everything but except this except, stuff. Except exactly, exactly. And they <laughs> and they knew it. And I mean, this just was the way way it was. You know. Yeah, man. So so talk about a little bit about the um, some of the like the work that's that's going on now. Okay. So you, so sure. Great grandfather. Right. And your your grandfather. My dad. Your dad and now you. Yes, so sir. four generations. Four generations. Through, through Lenin, through Stalin, Amen. all this. Yes, sir. So talk talk a little bit about the. I mean, God's God's unstoppable. Talk, God's what's, unstoppable. What's going on now? What's, what's going on? Well, it's really. First of all, I believe it's honor. Not on my side. Zero percent on my side to be a fourth generation Christian believer in Russia, in yeah. the Soviet Union. It's unbelievable. I'm just so thankful to God. He preserved not only yeah. our family. There have been many, many more families, sure. but He preserved, and thank God. Well, when the Soviet Union collapsed, you know, our church was able to get from underground and we registered 
as an official church body, whatever, with the, got the paperwork with the officials. So we registered the church, and we started having services in our little house, in our little condo that my dad owned at that time. We had little services, yeah. inviting people, just sharing our faith legally now, now without being afraid. Yeah. And, you know, when the Soviet Union split, many families just, when it was freedom, became freedom, just flocked the United States. Wow. There are big Russian communities in New York, New York, and on the West Coast, uh, California, you know, Seattle, those areas, big big Russian communities because they fled the persecution. Yeah. And because of my grandpa, you know, we had an opportunity to leave as well, became as refugees, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but my dad, he's a wonderful man of God. We love him. He says, family, let's pray. Let's see what God wants us to do. He was always about prayer. He was always about prayer. He, I think, did a good job raising us. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> he did. And uh, great man. Uh, he still lives, and uh, my mom and my dad, wonderful, wonderful people. We love them to death. And he said, folks, let's pray. Five kids, let's pray and see what God wants us to do. And the Lord spoke, and he said, I want you to stay in Russia and preach the gospel. Wow. Even I was not really happy. I mean, I was happy, to be, <laughs> but, you know, why our friends are leaving? Why they're leaving? Why you, they? you were wanting a different answer from God. Yeah, like, what did, yes, go to him. Yes, exactly. You know, like sometimes when we pray, we already have the answer ready. Yeah. And if it's a little bit different, Lord, what's going on there? You know, uh, like one lady, she shared her testimony. She was trying to lose some weight, you know. And she said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go drive to this donut shop. And if there is no parking spot, I'm going to leave then it means you're talking to me. So he, he came, she came there, no parking spot. She made one circle, two circles, <laughs> three circles. She made five loops around parking spot. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, Lord, it means you're allowing me to eat a donut. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but uh, in That's a way, we do. in That's a way, it, do. and donuts are so good. Our kids love them. Come on. Oh, man. it's they're so good. Yeah. Oh, man. My wife is a medical doctor she doesn't allow us to get some of that stuff so it's we <laughs> have to kind of be very getting where you can yes right? get it where you can. <laughs> kids do it sometimes they get it when you can <laughs> so when the soviet union split you know and we got a word that we had to stay in russia and preach the gospel we started to have little services in our little condo that we had in our house it was nice it was good time when we were getting together god began to pour out his spirit god began to touch people's hearts people were delivered from drugs from drinking drinking vodka is the main one of the main problems in russia everybody drinks vodka oh okay during the my grandpa took part in the war second world war fighting against nazi germany and soviet union one we know that yeah but every day they were given like half a bottle of vodka because in siberia i mean when person is drunk he just can go and i mean he doesn't care yeah he just done you know his mind is not thinking and I mean, how many millions and millions got killed in that war? Yeah. And you know, my, my grandpa didn't drink it, of course, he would save it and he would exchange it. It was like currency. Mm -hmm. And the most valuable currency was vodka. Wow. He could exchange it for bread, for butter, some condensed milk. You know what's a condensed milk? It's very oh, thick milk yeah. with sugar. Oh yeah. I thought it was a Russian uh, invention. But it was not. They have it here in the States. The <laughs> kids yeah. people love it. It's my wife actually, she I'd never heard of it until I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago mm -hmm. or something. Um, and she, but 
she actually will take a piece of bread mm-hmm. oh, put that we'll condensed milk it. on it oh and just, we'll love it and I'm like wow that <laughs> I've, I, I'm like I have enough things that I gotta I gotta avoid yes. I'm not gonna try another one yes. but, but yeah she does that every so yep, often yep so you know he it was like currency you can't exchange so and you know vodka is a big problem now alcoholism it's a big problem especially with the young people we have people in our church now serving God church members that were alcoholics for 10 20 30 years whoa they drink most of their life some of them cannot have any children because of that i mean it, it's a mess it yeah. kills it kills you from the inside and yeah. it's not you know and there are there is some expensive vodka that you know only the wealthy can get and there is some junk vodka that can that's sold out of chemicals yeah so you can buy a bottle of vodka it's not legal to sell it but people who wants to get it they know where to get it yeah maybe for a bottle i'm a, a dollar a two dollars a bottle oh okay it's so affordable it kills kills person's body from oh, the inside man. so you know we as we started some work the lord began to change people's hearts the drug addicts were delivered from drugs the alcoholics delivered from vodka from this addiction so we saw that our group a church already a church at that time legal church began to grow and the time came when where we could not fit in our little condo anymore praise yeah. god that was a good thing i mean it was yeah we were so wow. excited about it. and our big step biggest step was okay we're gonna rent something for church services yeah so we rented a disco bar <laughs> disco bar for church services how about that it was <laughs> it was <laughs> now we look back it was funny yeah. but, at, but at that time at that time it was amazing we have some pictures me and my dad standing our family it's funny that's awesome we, you know on monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday and saturday it was disco bar so you know what people do disco bar yeah wow drink and stuff and when they go away, they don't, they don't clean. Yeah. So we came on Sunday morning, three hours before the church. We clean everything up. Pastors, kids do that. Growing <laughs> up as a missionary, I mean, miss, ministers, kids. So, so we inside scoop. Oh, uh-huh. inside scoop. That was it. Was good experience for us. I yeah. mean, we needed God wanted to learn us something. So that was the time. We cleaned it, made clean up all the mess. We found some things there that we didn't know exist. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of. Then I want to go into the details oh, on I'm that. Sure. We'll just say paraphernalia. Exactly, that? exactly. <laughs> that, that would do it. All kinds of things. <laughs> we made it ready for the church. When people came, God just worked in a wonderful way, pour out His Spirit. We wonderful services. When everybody's service is over, everybody goes home. We put everything back and clean everything up with all, all of our sound equipment, everything, everything, put it back in our van. They wow. even didn't, at some point, they allowed us to have a little storage place. But at some point they said, no, you can't have it anymore. So we had to t- bring all of our stuff oh, back wow. and forth every single Sunday, keyboard, everything, every single Sunday. It was a good time. Yeah. But then, and people were coming and the church was growing. But then we, come, we came to a point when the government, Russian government came up with a law. Again, as you see right now, comparing to you, when Yeltsin was a president, and right now we see the door is closing. Mm. The freedoms, we're losing the freedoms and big time. They came up with diff- come up with different laws that you cannot invite anyone to come to church. You can invite you, you you cannot give out Bibles on the streets. You cannot do none of these things. Wow. Even I mean, I'm talking about now. I mean, it's not like 50 years ago. It's this, today. This, yeah. this is happening. You know, and you said they you that you know they wouldn't come with the guns in a church service where there was a conference going on. I'm just gonna a very conference going on, and they came with AK-47s. Wow. And stopped the conference because some paperwork was not done let's put it this way so it's happening even today 
Mm-hmm. It's happened even today. And uh, one of those regulations was the churches cannot rent anything for services. So we were like, Lord, what do you want us to do? Oh, Lord, man. you told us because when the Lord spoke to us, he said, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And now looking back, we'd say, yes, God was with us. <laughs> when we were at that time, we we're like, Lord, where are you? Lord, you told us, you promised us, where are you? And we're like, oh my goodness, what to do? When the guy said, you cannot run it any longer, we said, okay, we need to find something. But the law said that the church can own something and build a church or buy a church. Oh, so we were so looking, you can, own but, not you can own but not rent. So we're looking maybe buy a house renovated, buy a house renovated, but then you gotta have the neighbor's approval. Oh. oh, absolutely. If some of the neighbors say, hey, I don't like all this gathering, that's it, we're out. Wow. So we had to consider all that, and nobody was happy when we said, oh, we're looking building for the church. Oh, no, we're, you're, you're not welcome here. Wow. We were looking then to buy some building that was started but not finished. Mm-hmm. People ran out of money to buy that. It didn't work. And then my dad found a piece of property for sale in my cup. It was one of the main streets, beautiful location now, and, and at that time, even and now it's even better, even even metal location, yeah, because all the businesses that grew around and stuff. It was one acre, one acre of land. When we found about the price, I'm telling you, Stephen, we even didn't, couldn't think about, I didn't know such money exists. Wow. It was very, very expensive. I'm not sure how much it was exactly right now it was. My dad took care of that business at that time, but, and he spoke to the congregation and said, you know, we can't afford it. You know, it's it's very expensive. It's a good piece of property. They planned to build uh, some kind of store there or like several stores, like uh, whatever, but they, they couldn't do it, so they just were selling the property. Ah. And then my dad made a statement once. He said, Lord, if it's your will for us to buy it, we're going to buy it for half the price. Half the price. Half the price. Even people in the church, like, Pastor, you are tempting God. Pastor, you got to be kidding me owner of that property is a wise man he knows how to count money yeah it's not gonna happen i mean he's he's, he's, he's a smart guy you know he's a businessman he wants to make profit not to lose profit yeah so we as a church body we united in prayer and prayer surely changes things and prayer oh changes prices we, we united in prayer it was a month of prayer and fast every minute somebody was praying somebody was fasting during this 30 years i'm, I'm sorry 30 days and when they passed, my dad received a phone call from the guy. He said, Pastor, I'm not sure why I'm doing this. I don't understand what's happening to me. And my wife told me that I'm crazy to do that. My friends told me that I'm nuts. But I'm selling it to you for half of the price. Wow. That was a testimony itself. Wow. Praise the Lord. It was a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Miracle. Living miracle. It's not a story I read in the book. It's yeah. the miracle that happened with our own lifetime, with Man. our eyes. It was amazing. So we got all the funds that we had together. You know, church could not take a loan at that time. You know, churches cannot take loans. Churches even didn't have bank accounts. Everything was done with cash. So part of the law was churches can't do loans. Couldn't do the loan. Wow. We couldn't. So we, of course, we couldn't. So we, you know, just, wow. if you have money built, if you don't have, have money, you're pretty much on your own. Nobody gonna help you, nobody gonna do it. None of that stuff. Wow. So we bought that piece of property. I'm never going to forget the first meeting we had there. We came there with our 35, 40 people at that time. Beautiful piece of property, trash everywhere, grass growing. You know how the pieces of property are. <laughs> it's a good potential, but right. you, you got to see the potential in that piece of property. Yeah, you got to look past. You got to look, exactly, exactly. <laughs> look kind of 
see bigger picture. Yeah. Not only right here. We had a first meeting. We prayed there. God moved. It was wonderful prayer. And we said there are going to be church on that place. So we are so happy, so excited, praying, Lord, open the doors. You know, where are we going to get money to build a church? So me and my dad first got invitation to come to the, to the United States. Wow. That's when we came to America first time. And we thought that, you know, America is the blessed nation. It is the blessed nation. But we had our own thinking. Again, when we prayed, we wanted God to open to open the doors this way. Right. Not that way. We, and we thought, my, my, mom, my mom had a dream before that. Uh, in that dream, she saw American guy, American person. I mean, she doesn't know if he was American, but it was because she he spoke English and she doesn't speak any English, so she knew he was a foreigner. And you know, she figured out somehow that it was from the United States. And he gave my mommy a piece of paper, and he said, "Use this to build a church." We didn't know the checks existed. I mean, I didn't know such a thing. So now we realized that it was a check. Uh, and sometime later, we did receive a check from uh, a pastor from the United States, and you know, it was a it, it was a blessing for us. So me and my dad first come to the United States thinking that we're just going to pre present the need. God going to touch people's hearts. They're going to write three, five, ten checks for 50,000, each. And praise God, church will be finished. Right. So we come to the United States. We visit several churches. We stay here a month. And Stephen, we do not even did, didn't pay our airfare. Oh, wow. I'm not complaining right now. I was very thankful to those people who gave. It was a sacrifice. We're very thankful. Yeah. Very grateful. But it was not even enough to pour the foundation. We even didn't pay the airfare. We borrowed money for the for the tickets. Yeah. And we even didn't pay the airfare. So we came back home with a different attitude. Mm -hmm. Not like so uplifting. Wow, we got it. Okay, Lord, what do you want to teach us? some point I don't share that with everybody and some point we even were thinking about selling that land Wow it's been given to us as a miracle and it was a miracle and here we are discussing with a group of people I was at that meeting somebody said okay let's just sell it and try to do something else and thank God we did not sell it yeah Wow my dad preached a message it was around that time and he talked about, we think it was Mary who anointed Jesus' feet with oil, mm. with an alabaster box full of ointment, precious, a whole room was filled with beautiful smell, and uh, it was sold for, it could have been sold for so much money and given to the poor. We, we, we all know that story. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were saying why this waste of ointment was made. They considered that a waste. But Jesus said, don't trouble you, her. She has done a good thing. She has anointed my body before burning. The Bible says she has done what she could. Yeah. Wow. She did what she could. She probably worked. It was about the box of ointment was worth about a year's wage. Whole yeah. year, people were working to make that, buy that box of precious ointment. And she just broke it. In people's eyes, it was a waste. It was no good. But Jesus knows she's done good. She's done what she could. When they preached that message, we really, uh, really stuck with us. And my dad was the first who said, we're going to sell our condo. Give the money to the church building. Wow. You know, 
it was quite a sacrifice. You know, with dad, my, my mom, five kids. Wow. My dad's friends were saying, Pastor, you're crazy. You're nuts. You're out of your mind. What are you going to do with your wife and the kids? You're going to end up on the, one of the beautiful bridges in Russia. But my dad said, I know God will take care of us. And he did. We moved to our grandpa's house. That's where we grew up. And uh, my dad inherited the house later on. We added on. It was little. We had a bigger, bigger with a bigger family and stuff. Yeah. We would buy the used bricks, clean them from the cement, would use them again. So it was pretty, quite an experience. And many, you know, when my, did, my dad did that, one family in the church, actually, it, his name is Gennady. It's the same person I talked to you just a few few minutes ago who was sent to the orphanages. Yeah, yeah. Him and his wife, Galina, they had seven children at that time. They sold their car. Wow. They said, here is pastor the money. Pastor, here is the money. Use it for the church building. He had a, some kind of better job at that time. He was doing well. He was pretty well. Uh, I shouldn't say he was wealthy, but he was a well-off person in his family. They were living in the country, bigger house, you know, good, just wonderful people. And he made a statement and he said, I do not want to drive my nice car to my nice job. I better walk with my kids to the church. Wow. Here is the money. He was willing to walk just to have some church building. Wow. It was, I mean, it's, uh, it touched people's hearts. People agreed. They talked with their husbands and wives, and they agreed that they're going to give up their monthly income, entire month make, they make a month towards the church building. They said, Pastor, we want the church to be finished. We are wanting, we are desiring a place of worship. We want it to be done. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just think about it. It's 10 times 10 tithes in advance, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, so I know some families, they said, we're not going to eat meat for a month because we can't afford it. We cannot, we're not going to eat any fancy. We're just going to eat veggies and fruits from our garden. That's it. We're not going to buy anything. We just want the church to be finished. Wow. When we got, got all these funds together, it was barely enough to, pay, to pour the foundation was wonderful we poured the foundation and then you know the church should have should be built by a licensed contractor licensed builder and mm -hmm. you know i just can't come and build it and then you know register it as a church it should be done according to all the uh you know regulations there the yeah regulations they had the walls should be this thick and height and all this you know all, all these things i'm not a builder and my dad made a statement we didn't have anybody any builders in the church general contractors with the right paperwork mm -hmm. made a statement and he said it's easier to make a contractor good contractor a christian than to make a christian a good general contractor <laughs> right and it surely is you know we don't yeah. have time for that we need the church to be done now yeah to be finished as soon as possible and we're going to forget that it was a wonderful service a man walks in god fills him with the spirit he gives his life to the lord wow He's, you know baptized I in the water in the name of Jesus and when everybody come down everybody's so excited wonderful and everybody <laughs> comes down it's like by the way guys I'm a general contractor <laughs> everybody's went wild praise God yeah. this is the answer for our prayers oh, this is awesome wow, yeah but he's like Shh, guys come down before I'm gonna share something with you well we found out later he was bankrupt the it was a long process I'm not sure who was right who was wrong but the consequences were all his equipment was taken away from him oh wow all his buildings everything his company owned was taken away they sued him or i didn't know what happened but he lost everything except for the license to build uh, okay. so what he said pastor what we can do he said i'm gonna be at the church site for every day 
from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm going to supervise everything, buy materials, help, you know, people from church will come and work. We had cooks at the church site, at the church building, they were cooking food to feed these people. I mean, it was a big thing going on for, you know, a couple of years. It was a wonderful time. Wow. We would buy old bricks, old bricks. Trucks will come with old bricks, you know, with all the cement and dirty. Yeah. Me and my dad, all, all of us with little, uh, like a sharp edge uh, hammer, yeah. cleaning this off. We have pictures of that. It's really, you know, yeah. now nobody, you know, just go buy a new one. You know, at that time, we'd buy, we'd, we'd use used bricks, we'd used clean bricks. them, wow. clean them and use them again. I mean, people were working. And he said, but I want you, I'm going to help you. Be, uh, I'm going to do all this paperwork. Then that they're going to show that my company built a building and I want you to pay me. And everybody's like, okay, man, how much he's going to want for his work, you know? I want to pay me nothing, zero dollars. I want God to bless me instead. Wow. So when we came to the United States of America with my dad second time, third, fourth, fifth, 10th, 15th, 20th time, God opened some doors of heavens. It was not easy. It was quite an experience. Every trip was a miracle. Yeah. To come to America, get a visa, all this, it's just tons of paperwork. Then it was, I'm not complaining. I'm just looking back and I'm just, seeing how God had a way in every single situation. Yeah. And in about two and a half, three years, the church was finished. Beautiful church building, ready to host the people. It was amazing. We had a wonderful dedication services service. One thing I want to share with you, it's really a testimony for me because I was going to college at that time mm -hmm. and I was an A student. So I was, I would get, it's called a stipend. It's uh, like a little payment you get from the government if mm -hmm. you do so good. Oh, wow. That was my monthly income. I don't remember how much it was right now, but I gave that too. You know, it's a monthly income. I'm going to give it toward the church bill. I want the church to be done like yeah. everybody else. You know, I didn't have to sacrifice on meat, which we didn't eat lots of meat at all. At that time, my mom and my dad were not really wealthy, so they couldn't afford that much. I mean, it's not that we didn't eat good. We did. We ate what we had. We had pigs and, you know, chickens always. We'd butcher them and take eggs from them. Yeah. So, and you know, but when the church was finished, Beautiful, beautiful church building. One man was driving by the church and he wanted to get contact with us. Who built this beautiful building? I mean, it's beautiful, bright blue color, very attractive. It's it, at some point was was one of the most built, beautiful buildings, buildings in the city. Wow. And uh, it's right on right on the main one of the main streets. So hundreds and thousands of cars drive by every day. So, oh, I mean, yeah. it, they can see it. So ended up that. Uh, they looked at the building, these people, and they said, who built it? We said, oh, this is our contractor. His name is Boris. He's a church member, wonderful man of God. He's like, I think it was a Muslim person who said that, I want to hire Boris, and I want him to build my house, my brother's house, my business, my sister's business. I want him to come and work for me. <laughs> so we ended up that Boris became, started working for this person, and he just got, just blessed him. Wow. Unemployment rate in Russia was very high. But everybody had a job. And Boris was employing a whole bunch of the church members at that time yeah. to work for these people. Wow. So God took care of these people in a wonderful way. Me and my dad and our family, we never left, slept even one night under the bridge. <laughs> As I said before, we moved to our grandpa's house. That's where we grew up. That's where we lived. And we inherited, my dad inherited the house. I want to tell, tell you a little testimony about Gennady and his wife Galina. Now they have eight children. 
not seven. They have eight. Beautiful family. Wow. And they drive a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> you know, God takes care of his people. When he people does, do yes. what they can. Yeah. You know, I, you, you know, I'm encouraging everybody. Do what you can. What you I can. don't know what you can. You don't know what I can do. But do what you can. Yeah. And God will do the rest. And we saw that with our, our own eyes happening, you know, through all this month and month and years. So it's... God is good. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So the church is finished. It's a beautiful church building. So we just gonna we just praise praise God for that. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, sir. So you're doing you're doing services now and um just yes. continue on with ministry yep. and Yep, yep. We you know when we when the church was finished, it was it's a, and it is it's a beautiful building. And we prayed and said, Lord, how do you want us to reach out? So Stephen, you know, beautiful cathedrals and churches and temples, they cannot save you. Right, yeah. I mean, they are beautiful. They, Russia have golden domes, you know, they covered <laughs> with gold, you know, pretty much. And yeah. it still cannot save you. If right. there is no life, life of Christ, right. that died for our sins inside, it's useless. Yeah. It's, it's just, just, just a building, just a beautiful historic building. That's it. Mm -hmm. But when the Christ lives in the person's heart, this is the main thing. So we prayed and we said, Lord, what do you want us to do? How we can reach out? And we had that mentality. We realized, we thought, again, our thinking, I, I preached a message not long ago, and it was titled, We Think Too Much. Sometimes we <laughs> think too much. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes we need to trust the Lord more. I know it's easier to say than to do. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying it for myself. You know, I want to trust the Lord more. And, you know, we, we thought we're going to bring the adults Adults gonna win. We're gonna win them to Christ. They're gonna bring their kids. The church gonna grow. We're gonna have a good youth group, youth ministry, kids ministry. Oh, it's gonna be beautiful, nice and fine. But it didn't work out that way, because now I kind of look back and I see why. Does these people, I should say, thirty and older, mm -hmm. they were just filled with all that atheism, with all that junk and socialism, with all that. Uh, mess they just mm. messes they filled up their mind and yeah. you couldn't pour you know when the cup is full no matter how much you pour it can yeah i mean you can't pour anything in it right you need to empty something out first mm -hmm. and then pour something in so and they were not coming we're like lord where is the trick here so i was i was able to come to the united states with my brother number number of years ago and we took part in one of the youth camps here in the united states Oh wow! It took part in up in Upper uh, United States. I think it was Wisconsin. Beautiful, you know that church rented a campground, like it's done American way. Oh, you know American yeah. way is really really nice. We like it. They're in a campground with the air conditioned chapel and uh, cabins and showers and hot sh warm showers and <laughs> hot showers and toilets and bathrooms and the canteen area and the kitchen and the cooks there and the food there. Yeah. Just come pay done. You know, well not pay but just write a check. Right. probably and it's all done yeah and when we get home i really love that idea i told i talked to my dad to be honest with you my dad doesn't like when i talk about it much my dad was not for it it's like i don't think it's a good idea but he was very supportive mm -hmm. he's a great man of god he says okay if you think this is the right way to go raise some raise some funds and come and do it yeah I was able to come to America at some point. I was able to raise some funds, and we had a first youth camp in Russia. Wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. The outcome is amazing. What we do in Russia, we, re we go into the mountains just for the security reasons, just mm -hmm. for the safety reasons. We go into the mountains, and we rent a big piece of forest. We bring tents, generators, gas, you know, 
and forks and spoons and food, everything, everything. We bring the freezers, we bring fridges, every, I mean, truckloads of everything, set it all up in the mountains. Wow. When all, all that said, we encouraged the young people. First year, we did it kind of crazy. We told our young people, no, it's not good to do that, but it was a trick. Now, they don't go with that. Now, everybody knows the trick. We <laughs> said, guys, if you want your camp to be free of charge for you, bring somebody. So they worked so hard to bring somebody, and they did bring somebody. Of course, we didn't charge anyone. <laughs> the people who didn't bring anyone, they were like, oh, it means I wouldn't be able to go. No, guys, you can't. It's all free. So, I mean, free because of the brothers and sisters from the United States of America that donated yeah. so we can have that camp. It's not free. It's it's a sacrifice. Right. Sacrifice of many people in this great nation. So we you know, would invite people, alcoholics, under the bridges, uh, drug addicts, just come, God can change you, God yeah. can save you. Wow. And during these camps, we've been doing that. Our first youth camp was several years ago. We had probably 25, 35 people at the first camp. Last year's camp, we do kids and youth camp as well, wow. 200 people, 300 people, awesome. all of them. And it's really, it's really growing and God is doing wonderful things. We are having, uh, it's like a six day event where we invite people and we're in the mountains, the cooks, they cook the food, and all the people there are volunteers. We don't pay anyone for their job, the cooks and everybody. It's, it, it's, it's a huge blessing for us, you know. It's a six-day event. We have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack before they go to sleep because, you know, when the kids run good, they eat good. Oh, yeah. So we play volleyball. We do different activities. We have uh, morning prayer. Then we have a Bible study. Then there is a service and a Bible study and a service. So it's all... It's all included. It's all very well balanced, I believe. Because, yeah. you know, we can't just sit and listen to the gospel being preached to us for 10 hours. Even <laughs> right. us, we can't do it. Two, yeah. three hours, we're like, okay, preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, exactly. it's, it's, it's time to go home. It's, we're all people. <laughs> all made the same. Time to go eat, you know. Right. So, but it's, it's all fun things and the gospel and preaching. And we're seeing wonderful things. People, they uh, get rid of their junk they get rid of uh, god delivers them from alcohol from drugs from some people they can't say a sentence without cursing yeah because they curse words are so in them god delivers people from that now we're having marriages in the church wow she came through a youth camp he came through a youth camp now they're forming families getting married having kids awesome. you know you wouldn't want to see those kids when they were before camp you know <laughs> but now and i'm not saying that camp god is doing that camp is just a little tool that helps yeah. us to bring them in. And the outcome is amazing. We're having water baptisms there and after, and wonderful things are happening. It's it's one of the things that we see it works, and we'll go, we, we want to continue. Yeah. We want to make it even more. We want to invest in it. You know, first we did youth camps. Then the Lord spoke to us and said, you're missing something out. I'm like, Lord, we're doing everything we can. Our faith is stretched as much as we can. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we realized later that we're missing the kids. The youth camp was made from the ages 14 and older. Oh. How about 14 and younger? We, we're missing them. So starting a couple of years ago, uh, we decided to do the kids camps as well. It was wow. a big leap of faith. I shouldn't say jump. It was a leap. It was a, not a step. It was a leap of faith. We said, Lord, if you want us to do it, Lord, please make so we would have enough funds for it, you know, because funding is one of the things. Yeah. And, you, you know, you have 100 kids there and you three meals a day and all the things and uh at this and they you in the kids camps are doing wonderful we're continuing doing them amazing sometimes i ha i probably share this with you but when i was growing up in the soviet union 
as a kid, I dreamed of having a kid's Bible. Kid's Bible. I was fascinated. I saw, I, I don't remember what kind of movie was it. I don't even remember. Even in Home Alone, you know, he gets and he prays before the food. You know that? It's in the, uh, <laughs> I know it's stupid, but from some kind of American movie, I saw somebody would open and read their kid's Bible with pictures. Uh, that was yeah. my dream. I never got one until probably I was age of 18 years old. I mean, I didn't need one <laughs> at that time, but I still, I was really happy. So now when we have that opportunity, it's just my desire. Somebody thinks I'm crazy. I don't care, but it's my desire to make sure every kid in Russia that God puts us in contact with yeah. has, has a kid's Bible. This is just my kind of obsession with it. That's awesome. I want to believe that he has a kid's Christian, you know, kid's, kid's uh, little Bible with um, pictures and thick Bible and uh, it's so nice. Yeah. So wow. at these camps for the kids, every kid gets a free kid's Bible. It's a blessing. They're so happy. It's their gift. In the youth camp, if age is pr appropriate, we also have the teenage Bibles in Russia. It's it's like a adult Bible, but it has some uh, like pictures in it, some more studies in it, so they get that, and yeah. the adults gonna get an adult Bible, and it's a blessing. We've you know delivered hundreds and hundreds, even the thousands of Bibles wow. just for these kids and for these things. So God is doing wonderful things, and these camps these are one of the one of the ways of the outreach that we do, and we love doing what. We love seeing what God is doing because yeah. it's all about Him and He deserves all the praise and glory. That's awesome. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Well, it's awesome to hear everything God is God is doing Amen. In, Amen. in Russia, around yes, I mean, just, just around the world, lots of stuff yes. going on. But yeah, it's going it's amazing on. that God, yes, sir. with everything that, that, that Russia has gone through, the Soviet Amen. Union yes, and all this, sir. just nothing can stop the church. Nothing. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus nothing. said that, you know, I'm, I'm going to build my church Amen. and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's it. That's it. It's no not matter. Gonna it's not gonna. How matter? No matter how much they're gonna push. No matter how long. And I mean, Soviet Union was a powerful nation. Very. A very oh, yeah. powerful nation. I mean, countries were afraid of it. You yeah. know, I'm not saying that America was afraid of, it, but the rest of the world sure was. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. when when they won the uh, the Second World War, you know, the Germany was defeated and stuff. Mm -hmm. They had the Berlin. Yeah. So the Western United States, England, and Russia said, "Okay, we're just gonna divide it." So they divided Berlin with the Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. It's like a 10-foot concrete wall in the middle of the city. Yeah. So that's American, that's Russian. Right. Yeah. And only until the Reagan and Gorbachev, they tore the wall down, you know, yeah. then the German was able to reunite. People couldn't travel back and forth. So yeah. it's, it was, it, 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 it was kind of crazy and it was a powerful nation that tried to stop the flow of the gospel. Yeah. But it did not work. You know, one thing I also want to share with you, you know, we, in Russia, we try to use any holiday, any occasion to spread the gospel. Yeah. Just one little uh, illustration. We all love Christmas. I like Christmas. You love Christmas. Yeah, Our kids, everybody, like Christmas, e everybody loves Christmas. <laughs> Not only in receiving, but also in giving the presents. Yeah. There is, Bible tells us it's more blessed to give. Absolutely. And there is a great joy when you give. It's a great joy, you know, oh, when yeah. when your kids today gave us gave us little toys for our kids and a dinosaur. <laughs> it was amazing. Our kids like. Daddy, did you see that they just gave it so freely? And I, I'm, I'm telling my, my kids, this is a blessing to give. You know, now you're receiving, you're blessed too. Right. But it's able, it's it's wonderful when you're able to give. And yes. you know, they they do give. They send the, yeah. you know, uh, packages to Russia and stuff like that. It's yeah. a, and you know, when we go back, you know, they bring things to the kids there. Every our trip to the United States, we would come back, back to Russia. Our kids would bring candies for their for the children. That's awesome. There yeah. are. 
in the United States, you call them Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. They, we don't have them in Russia. Oh, it's they're so good. They're so good. The kids <laughs> love them, and you know, oh, they just distribute them, and everybody loves them. So I mean, I love them. I like Who peanut butter love, and like chocolate. Love Reese's, exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> so, and you know, we use Christmas to, way as a spread spread the gospel. Sometimes we make this, not sometimes, but always for Christmas, we make these big bags of candies. We give them to the children along with the kids' Bible. Uh, yeah. A few years ago, the Lord spoke to us and said that this is, needs to be done. That we not only need to preach the gospel, we need to leave it out. Yes. We need to leave as the Bible tells us to do. It's easier only to say, but it's harder to leave it out. I mean, it's it's right. it's flesh. I mean, it's the body wants to do different, mm-hmm. but... You know, so a few years ago, we prayed, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, you know, lead us and guide us. And God really led us. And we decided to make these food boxes. It's like we take an empty box, probably the size of banana boxes, you know, they have in big big, big stores. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are no bananas, just the box. And we fill them up with all kinds of groceries that families, regular families cannot afford to buy. We put like canned meat, canned fish, some cooking oil, rice and juices and pasta and macaroni and ketchup and, and, and corn and beans. I mean, all kinds of candies for the kids, some yeah. sweets. Uh, and we put a Bible in it and a kid's Bible in it. And we go in different communities, in our community, different houses. We share, we knock on people's doors, tell them Merry Christmas to you. You know, we, some year we did, beginning year we did about 20 and the previous years we're doing up to 100 and even 150 up to 200 these food packages wow so it's really and now the ministry is even grew not only in russia my wife is from belarus now there is a work there I work with the church there with pastor sergey we're doing the same concept wow. going on there so it's almost like almost doubling it's really really amazing to see what god is doing and i'm never gonna forget that one lady you know she's opened the door like what do you want you know get out of here you know <laughs> right. and like Calm down, ma'am. We're nice guys. Merry <laughs> Christmas to you. It's like, what is Christmas? People in Russia, they have no idea what Christmas is. Oh, Ten wow. Commandments. I mean, if, if there are no Bibles, people couldn't hear it. Yeah. Bible tells us the faith comes by hearing, mm-hmm. hearing the Word of God. If there is, If it's not available, they're not going to hear. So, and she's like, what's Christmas? And we explain her Christmas is the time when, you know, we celebrate Jesus was born into this earth and all these things. And she's, and she's like, so what do you mean? I'm, I'm looking at her. I'm saying, ma'am, this is for you. This is, this box is for your family, for your kids. You know, look in the house. There are dirt floors, you know, vodka everywhere, bottles wow. bottles of vodka everywhere, you know. And she's like, wait a second. Where's the trick? Before I take this box, let me ask you a question. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She looks in my eyes and she says, why in the world you are doing this? And I'm like, praying, Lord, help me to give the right answer and you know just to speak in her heart yeah and I'm looking at her in her eyes she's like you know what do you want I say ma'am we're doing it because God loves you and we love you too wow as soon as she heard this she just started crying she's like I've never heard these words before in my entire life I've never met my mommy she never told me that I don't know where is my daddy I mean I I've never heard that can you say it again I'm like yes ma'am God loves you we love you and I mean, these testimonies like this, and people, people's hearts turn to the Lord. Now we're having, we have so many families that we want to the Lord only through these food packages. You know, they, some of them get remarried and with children, they come to church, they become church members. Um, God fills them with the spirit and love. And I mean, it's really amazing, amazing to see this little package, yeah. what it can do. And our dad always in, encourages, you know, our team when we do this, he says, folks, if we win just one person, 
Yeah. It's all worth it. Absolutely. The soul is priceless. Just one. Praise God. It's much more than one. And God is adding to the church, not daily, but probably weekly. Yeah. And we're seeing wonderful, wonderful things. You know, then the Lord opens some doors for us that we are able to go to the orphanages. We go there, you know, orphanages is a place where kids who know mommies and daddies live. Or if the families, families drink and do drugs, they take away these kids from the family and puts them in this it's, it's a state-run facility. Mm-hmm. And these facilities, you know, they don't have anything that belongs to them. Everything's right. in, you know, for the whole group. So when we uh, actually we got there, through one of the church members, they adopted, I think, seven or eight kids from the orphanage. Oh, wow. So they got such good relationship with them. So we can go there, which uh, church is not supposedly allowed to go into these kind of facilities oh. because of the... Uh, regulations and stuff like that mm-hmm. but because of that we're able to do that and you know first time we went there and never gonna forget that we brought a whole bunch of young people with us you know we did a singing and worship and praise we did uh, like skits you know simple word we didn't you know preach we didn't go into the depth of the details of the Bible but just a simple message that yeah. Jesus Christ loves you Jesus died on the cross for your sins so you could be free so you could be safe from sin and you know we brought some candies for the kids whole big bags of candies and if each kid would get a bible a free bible wow never gonna forget that the lady that came with us she would sit in the corner for all the time and cried I'm like why you're crying what's going on and i mean we found out later she was from the orphanage oh wow now she's a church member serving god so it kind of brought those memories to her i told her please Pray for us next time. Stay at home. Pray for us. You know, we can use you here. So you'd better pray. I mean, it was a kidding, you know, but yeah, she's she's doing really good. And the kids were giving this Bible to the kids. One guy comes to me, he taps me like, sir, is this Bible for me? I'm like, what? Yes, this is your Bible. You don't have to share. I mean, if you want, you can share it. Yeah. But this Bible is for you. It is. Wow. A, yeah. I, sometimes my kids go with me. They help me to distribute Bibles and stuff. It's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing. That's just one of the uh, few years ago we're, we were able to go to the local prison. It's a, it's a not not far away from the city, a prison, uh, and we were able to bring Bibles there. Some things for the ladies, for men there. So it's it's a very God is doing great things still. Still, yeah. even if it's not as as free as we would like it to be right. but still the good things are happening uh, the gospel is being preached and God is doing things wonderful things and I think and I believe and I know that the greater things are yet to come we haven't yes. seen what God has prepared yet we haven't seen it yet I know it's wonderful oh, already we're excited about it Yeah. well we're excited what's going to take place next Amen sir. Amen well Pastor Vitaly <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you <laughs> thank you Stephen awesome. it was honor it was a privilege to share this with you and you know we greatly greatly appreciate your prayers and uh we just love you sir amen love you guys this is awesome thank you so much (laughs) thank you thank you thank you very much god bless you god bless you